Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Building Lives International, located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Good morning. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Matthew, uh, chapter number 13. And today we're going to look at the parable of the leaven. I know that it's been a while since we have been together. Um, just had a lot of things going on personally, a lot of travel. Christmas. Hope you had an awesome one. Hope you had a great New Year as well. Uh, I did. So we were working our way through the parables of Matthew, uh, chapter number 13. And today we're going to look at the parable of the leaven. Well, well, first was the seed last week, and then today will be the leaven. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest among seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leaven. And all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables indeed. He said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Father God, we do come before you today. ask that you bless the reading of your word, that you would open our eyes to see and our heart and our ears to hear, hearts to understand. Father, you know the needs that are represented on both sides of this microphone. I ask, Father, that you would meet them according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The parable of the leaven. This parable, like the parable of the mustard seed that we studied last time, I believe is commonly mistaken as a parable of the spreading of the gospel throughout the world. Um, and of course, this is easy to come to if you embrace theology that we are now living in the kingdom um, and that through it during that kingdom, the the gospel will be spread uh, throughout the entire world. However, I do not believe that we are in the kingdom. Uh, I believe that the kingdom was rejected. Christ came, legitimately offered it, presented himself as the king of Israel, as the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant, as the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, and he was killed. Kingdom retracted. And then the church age was born. Um, and you and I are now living in what's called the age of grace or the dispensation of the church. Yes, I'm a dispensationalist. And, but one day in the future, when the last of the Gentiles will come in, and I do believe that there is a distinction between Israel and the church. For those who believe we're in the kingdom, they embrace what's called replacement theology, which is the church in Israel have become one. Therefore, the promises that were made to Israel are to the church as well. I don't believe that. I've tried my best <laughs> uh, and I've yet to arrive at that conclusion. Uh, Daniel 70th week, Daniel chapter 9, 
uh, is for the Jew and the Jew alone. Um, and I believe that 70th week will start with the tribulation that will begin as soon as the church age is completed. The church age will complete with the rapture. We'll go into the tribulation period where the Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition will reveal himself. And then it will conclude with a great battle, the battle of Armageddon, the second coming of our Lord, and then the establishment of the kingdom on earth. So again, I don't believe we're in the kingdom. Therefore, this parable is not talking uh, necessarily even to us or about us. Um, this parable has nothing to do with the spreading of the gospel throughout the world uh, for you and me today. Um, on the contrary, this parable is about the spreading of apostasy. And again, the reason I say that is because as we look at the verse, we have to compare scripture with scripture. Uh, when we look at the word leaven, the very fact that the kingdom of heaven is likened to leaven. Leaven is a negative in scripture. There's no positive connected with leaven. Uh, it's a negative connotation. The Lord, I, I would never use that as a type of the gospel. Instead, leaven is a type of false doctrine. It's a type of sin. You remember in the Passover, in the Old Testament book of Exodus, in chapter number 12, uh, Scripture said, They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread, and bitter herbs shall they eat of it. And then down in Exodus 12, 15, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove the leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. Again, the leaven represented sin. Also in Leviticus chapter number 23 and verse number 6, we see leaven expounded upon again. And on the 15th day of the same month, the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord for seven days, you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, but you present your offerings before the Lord. And again, the feast of unleavened bread. Leaven was a type of sin. So I don't believe in this parable, it's talking about the gospel at all. In Matthew chapter number 16, again, comparing scripture with scripture, trying to discern what leaven is talking about in Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number six. And Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That was the false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began to discuss among them saying, we didn't bring any bread. Again, they were clueless as well. And they thought he was referring to physical bread. He wasn't referring to bread at all. He was referring to the false teachings of the religious leaders of the day. In Galatians chapter number five, again, just a plethora of scriptures. Uh, you were running well. What hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, a little sin, a little corruption leavens the whole lump. If you allow a little bit in, it'll destroy everything else. Also, Paul said in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 5, 
uh, when talking about the young man who was having a sexual relationship with his own mother, or at least a stepmother, uh, in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse number 6, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, he refers back to the Passover where it all started, Exodus chapter 12. Let us therefore celebrate. So we see here, Paul encouraged the church in Corinth to purge out the old leaven. Paul was rebuking the Corinthians for letting a particular sin ruin the testimony of the church. And he compared the effect of this sin to the action of leavening the lump. And again, he defined the leaven in verse number eight. Let us, the leaven of malice and evil. So definitely referring to sin. Leaven has a bad connotation. Of course, the sin at this point in 1 Corinthians 5 was that of adultery and fornication. A married woman having sexual relations with a single man who just happened to be her stepson. So this parable is not referring to the spread of the gospel. It's referring to apostasy that will spread um, throughout. Uh, and again, anything that is a false doctrine is considered leaven. For example, uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were falsely believing that all they needed to do was be circumcised. Um, you know, of course, the Apostle Paul came along and said, you need to be circumcised in the heart, not the flesh. Even when, after the church was born in Acts 15.1, they were certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren that said, except you be circumcised as the matter of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's leaven in the early church. Uh, today's equivalent of leaven would be people saying you need to be baptized. You need to speak in tongues. You need to have good works. Anyone that teaches faith plus works is sowing leaven in the church. Uh, Jesus rebuked the Jews for placing uh, more uh, tradition over the authority of Scripture. That was leaven. I've heard tradition is the living faith of those now dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of those still living. Uh, also, we had... You know, the leaven of repetitious prayers, thinking that they would be heard for their much speaking. Um, so leaven is sin. And in this parable, a woman hides this bad doctrine, this leaven, in three measures of meal. The very fact that she's hiding it means that there's something going on here. There's something, uh, there's an agenda here. Now, many expositors who would say that uh, the gospel is the leaven here would say this woman is the church and that the church is putting this leaven and eventually the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth. Again, I disagree with that. The leaven is not the gospel. It's referring to bad doctrine. The woman here is not the church. The, the church is never called a woman in the Bible. Uh, to be called a woman insinuated that virginity had been lost. Instead, I mean, throughout scriptures, the church is referred to as 
a chaste virgin. Second uh, Corinthians eleven two. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. The woman is also, the church is also referred to as a wife. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. So this woman is somebody, but she is not the church. Instead, she represents something that's evil. Now, many agree that this woman represents or is a type of the world. Many will go on to say that even refers to the great harlot, of Revelation 17 and 1 through 6 and that she's committing fornication with the kings of the earth because she is an adulteress um, but either way we see here that the world or the the corruption of the world is like leaven and that's what this parable is talking about now, I don't know if I would go so far as to say this woman represents Jezebel or even, as the old Anabaptist would have taught, um, the Roman Catholic Church. Um, indeed, there's a lot of false doctrine. The early, some of the early reformers uh, believe that the Catholic Church was being referred to here and the Catholic Church was sowing bad doctrine and the Catholic Church was... was um, was not the true church and uh, there needed to be a reformation there needed to be a rebellion against her and uh, some will pull this woman over into the book of revelation and actually say it is indeed representative of the roman church well i mean the roman church may be at the head of the parade if you will but the woman represents everything false uh, in regards to scripture you remember in the Old Testament, Jezebel was a real woman. She was the queen. She was a Zidonian princess. She was the queen of Ahab. And she was killed for introducing Baal worship into Israel. And of course, her spineless husband, he wouldn't stop her. So God sent the prophet Elijah to stop her. So either way, as we look at this parable, uh, no doubt uh, it is referring uh, to uh, false doctrine being introduced and it just ruins everything and in verse 34 and all these things jesus spake unto the multitude in parables and without a parable he spoke not unto them why because in the old testament it said i'll open my mouth in parables and i'll utter things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world bottom line folks is we need to be students of the scripture we need to read the Word of God. You know, I, I constantly challenge myself with the reading of Scripture. Um, I challenge myself to think outside the box sometimes. I, 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 to just seriously study things that I've never even thought of before. Because I realize that we're not all in agreement on everything. I have good brothers uh, who, you know, do see this parable the way that I don't see this parable. I don't think the interpretation of this parable is what my salvation or your salvation hinges upon at all. So I'm not going to separate from a brother over it. Um, I think we, we just see the scriptures and, you know, you have the covenant theology side and the dispensational theology side. But we're brothers and sisters in Christ as long as we're not uh, corrupting the gospel, as long as we're not tampering with or watering down uh, salvation 
as long as we believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, so I don't think it's something to divide over, but I think that's indeed what this parable of leaven means. We need to cling to the word of God above all things. Here's a, a closing illustration. A man in Kansas City was severely injured in an explosion. An evangelist by the name of Robert Sumner tells about him in his book, The Wonders of the Word of God. The victim's face was badly disfigured and he had lost his eyesight as well as both of his hands. He was just a new Christian and one of, the, one of his greatest disappointments that was that he could no longer read the Bible. And then he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. Hoping to do the same, he sent for some books of the Bible in Braille. But much to his dismay, he found that the nerve endings in his lips had been destroyed by the explosion as well. One day, as he brought one of the Braille pages to his lips, his tongue happened to touch a few of the raised characters, and he could feel them. Like a flash, he thought, I can read the Bible using my tongue. At the time Robert Sumner wrote his book, the man had read through the entire Bible four times with his tongue. How many times have we read through the Word of God with our perfectly well eyes? I challenge us to do so. May God bless you. Remember that He loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of guest speaking, conferences, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you.